There's another squad attacking. Welcome to the Third Party Podcast. I'm your host, Shay, joined as always by my co-host, Henry. Henry, how is it going today? I'm thrilled. Today is such a beautiful day. The sun is shining. <laughs> Apex is a joy. Very happy to be on the, the third party today. Yep. Third party is your weekly Apex Legends podcast, and we got a great one for you guys today. Um, before we dive into it, though, check us out on Instagram and Twitter at Third Party Pod. Uh, sub to us on YouTube as well, Third Party Pod. Uh, we're going to start streaming weekly, officially from 4 to 6 p.m. Pacific time every Thursday. Uh, so that's a new time, and we're going to stay committed to that one. Uh, today, we got a really good one, though. We're going to dive through some reviews, news, and then we have an awesome interview with Simply Ashton. Uh, we really talked to him about a lot of stuff, but predominantly breaking down uh, ranked play. And it was just an amazing interview. One of Henry and I's uh, favorite things we've recorded yet. Um, but if you want to support us, please consider joining us on Patreon. You get access to two extra podcasts every month amongst tons of other benefits. You got any other benefits you want to share that could be coming out shortly? Uh, yeah. Mm -hmm. We're talking about the exciting new project we're launching. Yeah. So the first uh, merch launch that we're doing as the podcast, which is exclusive to Patreons, it's going to have Wraith showcased on it. Um, those designs are going to now be coming out for patrons. Very exciting. And then a couple weeks after, potentially, uh, we're going to be having our own third-party merch uh, releasing to the public uh, that we're super excited about. We have some awesome designs. Um, yeah, that that's an exciting piece of news. For sure. And be sure to follow the Instagram because that's probably the spot we'll post some of the mock-ups for you guys to see that are obviously going to be interested in how it looks. Um, you know, link to all that is going to be in the description below. Uh, before we get into this interview, though, let's dive into some reviews and news. First review is going from J Dog. Five stars. Best podcast ever. I love the podcast. It is a great motivator to keep grinding Apex. Thank you for the motivation. Would you guys uh, be able to have Imperial Hall or Lulu Lovely on an episode at some point? Great review. Great question. I mean, obviously, yeah. like we are interested in bringing on who you guys want to hear. Um, you know, we'll continue to reach out to people. Uh, some of those, you know, larger people are a little bit harder to get uh, responses from. You know, Hall is incredibly busy. And, you know, when you're a professional Apex player, uh, you don't have a lot of time to throw around. But we'll definitely try and work on for some stuff for you guys. But the Simply Ashen one is absolutely amazing for sure. I'm hyped. Next review coming from Ryland. New favorite pastime. I was never really a big podcast guy, but I love playing Apex. I found this podcast and instantly became addicted. All of your tips have really helped me. In fact, I never really used the G7 until you said to, and I got my first 2K with it. I look forward to every Wednesday, and I really appreciate the time you put into each episode because every one is great. Thanks for such a great listen. I'm telling you, Ryland, everybody's sleeping on the G7. I discovered it in season two with yep. Gibraltar, and holy cow, they've tried to nerf it. It's still a savage weapon. Shay's now on it. My whole team's on it. Mm -hmm. The third party's on it. 
G7 life is a fantastic weapon. Glad you like it. I feel like I'm getting killed by a lot more G7s, and that's probably because of our freaking audience that's just <laughs> stream sniping us all the time, obviously. <laughs> yeah, I guess. <laughs> awesome. Uh, let's uh, Before we keep going into the news, let's get a big Patreon shout-out in here. Yeah, we'd just like to welcome and thank Sile for being our very first master patron. Uh, this is one of the benefits of joining is getting a shout out on the podcast for all of our supporters at the Master and Predator tier. Uh, you also get three exclusive merch drops a year included in your Patreon support, and that's what our first merch is going to be in a mm-hmm. couple weeks here. Uh, the first one's just so sick, like we said, releasing the design super soon. Thanks again, Sile. Uh, we'll be hopping in for a gaming session with you very soon. With that, though, let's dive into the news. First piece of news, we got the World's Edge teaser uh, floating around the maps. So the Hammond Robotic banners have appeared around Drill Site and the eastern area of Dome. Uh, Last time we saw these, you know, hologram uh, machines and then the banners, uh, we ended up with the Planet Harvester, you know, which that is a massive POI in the absolute center of the map in Apex. Uh, These teasers are going to continue every three days until August 11th. Uh, Who knows what the next couple sets of teasers will be, Uh, but we've gotten recent things like glad cards back in uh, season four. And so there's a lot of really cool stuff for sure in there. Um, You know, we got a lot of stuff we're going to talk about with Shrutko as well uh, that he leaked. But one of the interesting things that we got from him is that he thinks this could be a forge style fake out and something will happen to World's Edge that will lead us to then force the legends to go to the new map of Olympus. What are your thoughts on that, Henry? I think that that would be really nice to see. I really like how they play into the story and kind of change mm-hmm. the map and the environment uh, with a purpose. You know, the change to World's Edge was incredibly, uh, I don't know, scripted, but at mm-hmm. least part of a bigger story. And when the Planet Harvester came in, you know, the first uh, thought was, okay, well, this planet's getting destroyed by the Planet's Harvester yeah. and we're going to have to go to a new map. So we'll see what happens. I'm excited about it. Um, the Forge fake-out was pretty big. Comparing it to this, um, I think, is something to take note of. But we will see we'll what see. happens in the next couple of weeks. It'll be interesting. I remember listening and hearing Tom, one of the lead writers of Apex, a while ago say that there will be map changes to World's Edge eventually. So I'm not even going to be surprised if we see a couple changes to World's Edge and introduction of a new map. Um, just because, you know, we have the two rank splits. Uh, and so, you know, I think they've really tried to have something fresh going on for each split, really. Uh, next piece of news, though, uh, there's going to be a new limited time mode. It's going to be called Always Be Closing Evolved. That is going to launch on August 11th. Um, if you don't remember the Always Be Closing uh, event from earlier, the ring essentially constantly shrinks from start to finish uh, of the game. And it is a hard mode but very very fun and exciting yeah the, if you do remember the grand soiree uh event which was kind of just a massive amount of content yeah. which was obviously kind of a testing ground um this uh was a fan favorite at least by a lot of the people in our community and so to see this potentially coming back would be lots of fun but like shay said it's a tough one mm-hmm. you're always moving Trickle also leaked some scrap buff ideas, and the one that Henry and I just have to say as huge Mirage fans is that there was an idea for, uh, if you got bamboozled, to be hit by a flashbang. Wow. We've talked about flashbangs quite a lot on this show, um, 
But that is just that just would be funny. I already get frustrated when I get bamboozled. That would be a huge buff mm-hmm. in our opinion. Uh, it is yet to be seen if that's seriously going to be entering the game. But the fact that it's uh, you know, in the works in the testing period is uh, pretty funny to see. And we have a new item for the map being introduced potentially. And this is looking at the season six map, you know. So we have the loot ticks and the loot drones for Kings Canyon and World's Edge. And so there has been leaked code of a replicator uh, for season six's map. And uh, this is essentially going to be a crafting workbench, is how it's identified in the code. Um, and will allow you to scrap salvageable material to craft other items, such as, you know, guns, attachments, and ammo. It's also worth noting that all ground and floor weapons have gotten like attributes to identify them as common, rare, or epic, which is the same as currently right now if you find a gold weapon that is a legendary gun. And so maybe we will see the introduction of the ability to, you know, craft your not as good weapons and create attachments or grab like a blue hemlock or something and you get a scope and a mag with it or something along those lines could be really interesting for sure. Yeah, Shay and I are big fans of the the cargo bots on World's Edge. Mm-hmm. You know, being able to hit those gold, uh, you know, colors really does help the loot pool. Uh, for us, we just feel like we get a lot more gold items because we mm-hmm. are serious about taking those good shots. The name of this potential uh, replacement for the next map is pretty interesting to me. The Replicator. Yeah. Like, I don't know what, you know, using salvageable materials to craft new mm-hmm. items is. But I do know what replication is. Yeah. And if I can put, you know, a skull piercer in and get two skull piercers, <laughs> or if I can put in an R3 and get another R3, mm-hmm. that would be pretty cool. Or ammo, you know, yeah. like that's a pretty cool thing to be able to replicate an item per se. Yeah, there could be some really cool stuff. I'm excited to see, you know, re- what comes with this new map. Uh, and th- this could be something really interesting for sure. Last piece of news we have is the most recent summer circuit event. And we just got to mention, you know, great event as always. Global Series is a must watch. But, you know, Team Complexity came out with the win and they ran and led with Bloodhound, which is just a beautiful shift to the meta. Henry and I have been playing a ton of Bloodhound and ranked this split. And it's just great to see the success from something other than the, uh, you know, Watson, Gibraltar, Wraith, and, uh, oh, I'm missing the last legend, Pathfinder. Pathfinder. And it's cool to see something else thrive, and this is just very exciting to watch. Would definitely recommend checking it out. It's definitely a more aggressive meta, you know. At the highest levels of the of the global series, it's still pretty uh, set in the meta. Mm-hmm. But it's just kind of cool to see the aggression in ranked, at least, and the fact that Bloodhound is viable. I love it. We are now going to throw it over to our interview with Simply Ashton. This is an amazing interview. I'm excited for you guys to hear it. It was a great time to record. Uh, Check it out. Today, we have an absolute savage of an apex predator, as well as a hilarious content creator. This gentleman is well-respected in the apex community playing on Xbox. Our favorite thing about him is that although we know ranked is a grind, this guy competes at the very highest level of ranked, and he does so with a smile always factoring in comedy and fun in his videos. Balancing the act of maintaining a high Predator rank and putting out high-quality, consistent videos for more than 23,000 subscribers on YouTube is a legendary act in of itself. Welcome to the third party, Simply Ashton. Hi, everyone. Nice to see you. Yeah. Today a good day for you? 
Absolutely, yeah. How are you doing? We're doing great, yeah. We're really excited to have you on the show and are really happy to uh, be talking some Ranked with you. Yeah, I'm excited to be here. But to uh, start things off, uh, just kind of want to hear a little bit more about your background and your history of gaming. Like, what games have you played and enjoyed throughout the years? Okay, so I really started gaming when I was really, really young. Uh, I started off with the PlayStation 1 all the way back in 2001, 2002. Playing the PlayStation 1 with the uh, old Spider-Man games. You know, I was just <laughs> a young kid at the time, but it always stuck with me. I, I played PlayStation all the way up to PlayStation 3. And I think my first FPS must have been Time Splitters 2 or something like that back on the PlayStation 2. But yep. it was never multiplayer. Uh, I just I just gamed all the time just to, you know, kind of waste time. It was just my hobby uh, all the way growing up, uh, something I was always interested in. But I think really, really FPS uh, shooters really started kicking off for me. Uh, must have been with Call of Duty 4 because my brother played it on his laptop at the time. And uh, I still had a PlayStation 2. I wasn't even on a PlayStation 3 at this point. But I think I played it one time. Uh, he had gone to school and I'd stayed in uh, because, of course, uh, I was just faking being sick one time. And, wow. uh, <laughs> and I just wanted to play this game I saw him playing so often. And I snuck onto his laptop, gave it a few goes, and uh, I was hooked immediately because I'd never played an online game before at that point. And uh, I think it really started uh, kicking off my interest with it. And when Modern Warfare 2 came out, I got myself a PlayStation 3. And the rest is history. I just grinded that game so hard, like so many people did. I know that was the game that really kicked it off for a mm -hmm. lot of people. Um, but for me, especially that game, just so many memories. Uh, and from then on, I just, Call of Duty was really my main interest for so many years. Must have been four or five, four or five years before I really went on to any other games. That's awesome. We really love to hear those background stories for people like yourself. Um, and now you're on Xbox, correct? Yeah, I so I switched to Xbox 360 because um, obviously my parents are separated and the PlayStation was with my dad's side and I didn't see that um, PlayStation all the time. And mm -hmm. I wanted to play Modern Warfare 2 when I was at home as well. So I bought myself an Xbox because the store didn't have a PS3 that I could afford. And obviously I had different friends on Xbox and I figured I'd get the best of both worlds. For uh, sure. But... I've just ended up sticking with Xbox because I just always preferred the vibe on Xbox, especially during the Modern Warfare 2 days. It was so... It's just different. I don't know how to explain it. Um, <laughs> the, controller, the controller was probably the main thing that made me switch, though, because I've always said the controller on Xbox is far comfier. Yeah, Shay and I are both Xbox guys, so you're in good company. For sure. Yeah, I think definitely. It's interesting, you, you know, you're a big COD guy from the sounds of it. Um, and I think I kind of want to just ask a little bit, like, why play Apex? Like, what was it about Apex that drove you there? Well, I think it was less so Apex driving me in, more so than COD driving me out. Uh, I think Black Ops 3 was the last Call of Duty I really enjoyed. Uh, I, th I felt the franchise was really going in a direction I didn't necessarily enjoy. And uh, especially recently, I just haven't touched the recent Call of Duties. Mm -hmm. And... I kind of went over to playing sports games, a lot of FIFA. Uh, I'm really into football in the oh, UK. We're going to have to run a match and, or two. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> uh, but that, that was a game that really wasn't doing much for me uh, in terms of mental health because 
it's just such a stressful game, such a stressful mm. experience, and you sink so much money into it. And funnily enough, I saw Apex whilst watching a FIFA streamer who rage quit <laughs> playing FIFA to go and play Apex, and I thought, that looks interesting. I haven't played a shooter in ages, and I've always loved playing shooters. And I think really the aesthetic of the game, compared to other games, you know, the sort of period the universe is set in, mm-hmm. it's just it really hits a spot for me, and it's just different to anything else. But it's not too futuristic so that I wouldn't enjoy it because I'm personally not a big fan of sort of space games like Halo or really other. I think Infinite Warfare was one of the Call of Duties that were in space. Mm-hmm. That really didn't do it for me either. But Apex just hit that middle ground so perfectly for me. And uh, it was different enough that uh, I really wanted to give it a go. And I just stuck with it because the gunplay and the movement is just far superior to literally every FPS out there, in my opinion. So true, man. Couldn't have said it better ourselves. I mean, this is what we definitely believe with the gunplay and the environment and the world. We definitely are huge fans of that. And talking in that kind of vein about how you got brought on to Apex by watching a stream, now, you know, you create a bunch of content on YouTube. I guess our question is, what drives you to do that? And, you know, Shay and I are big fans of your YouTube, and we think we, you have a very unique style of mixing the comedy and the memes and the education for your viewers. So, I guess, why do you do that? Well, what drives me is the fact that I've always been interested in creating film and media. Uh, so, at high school and in college, I studied... Uh, film studies and media studies and also journalism so everything media related has always been an interest of mine and I think just watching kind of watching people from such a young age you know I started off back in those Modern Warfare 2 days watching who everyone watched which was of course Hutch, Nanas, Mr. Sark those OGs of YouTube mm-hmm. who really laid the foundations for everyone and sort of as time progressed YouTube and gaming kind of went hand in hand for me because obviously, if you ever had a problem on a game, you'd go straight to YouTube and watch a guide. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, YouTube was as much a part of my daily life as gaming was. It, they did go hand in hand. And I think with that interest of creating film and media and television, uh, th- those are things I've been looking for uh, in the work avenue for a while now. And just, you know, I always wanted to make YouTube videos. I think that was every kid's dream, every COD player's dream, mm-hmm. growing up making montages making commentaries it never happened for me but i got to a point where i just decided i need to make some form of media to show my future employers that it's really an interest of mine you know i thought if i can get a sort of portfolio available to me where i've made several types of videos it doesn't matter what it's on uh i can have this kind of open portfolio for them to look at and say this guy's clearly interested in film and media or television or creating content and that's what we're looking for so it really all kind of just came from that and as i enjoyed doing it the channel just started growing and growing and Mm -hmm. all my friends and family were so supportive of me the whole time it was really just a case of not giving up with that that really sparked the the growth of the channel and i just the, the key for me was having fun doing it you know it's not the numbers i was receiving because for so long you know, I wouldn't break 100 views. I, w- I had mm-hmm. 100 subs. I think it took me several months to get to 100 subs. And for me, that was never a problem because 
as I said, the interest was always in creating the media. So in, in doing that, I was getting my enjoyment from that. And the response I got from people was just an added bonus. And I always believe that if you just enjoy what you do and always aim to create something better every time, it, the results are going to show. And clearly, eventually, people really started enjoying my content. And I, I, I pride myself on the fact that I feel like when you watch one of my videos, you really get the sense that I do enjoy making them because that is, that is the key for me is just having fun while making them. I think that absolutely rings true to everybody that watches. Shay and I are just so impressed that you can be making these videos and grinding through the highest levels of preds and really just having a fun time doing it. Like <laughs> everybody knows how sweaty it is and how hard it is, yeah. but you just seem like such a fun guy and it's so enjoyable to watch that at the highest level too. For sure. I just, I'm impressed. I appreciate that. And going a little bit back to Apex now, um, you know, we have season six is right around the corner, essentially. Is there anything you're looking forward to or expecting to come from season six when it comes to the content? Well, I think we're all expecting that new map to come in, uh, sure. having finished the quests. Uh, that is obviously the one thing that if that does come true, if that does rain true and they, they bring us to Olympus, that is exactly what the game needs right now, in my opinion. I feel like if we were to have another season of map changes, the game would struggle. Uh, because really, World's Edge has been around the block now for quite a while. And the same with King's Canyon. They've really mm -hmm. rinsed that map dry. And I just think rotating, in my opinion, it should be King's Canyon rotating out for a season. If they're going to rotate a map out for me, take King's Canyon away and just give us World's Edge and Olympus. And to have that new map would be so, so good for the game because... Personally, being a ranked grinder, I can't stand King's Canyon. Uh, maybe in pubs I can deal with it, but in ranked it is just literal hell every game. Uh, you saw last split, it was just caustics everywhere. And yeah. I played into that in my videos a lot, mm -hmm. but that doesn't mean I like it. That doesn't mean I enjoy the, the meta. I love that. You just got to do, do what you got to do for points. And I tried making the memes out of the gas barrels because really... Oh, that was awesome. <laughs> it, was, it, it was really getting to the point now where I just couldn't stand it. And it's like, if you don't laugh at it, you're going to cry at it. So I really just had to try and meme it. No, I think that's amazing because there is a lot of negativity out there, you know, from streamers and a lot of other content creators when, you know, a meta like that dominates with the caustics. And it was just so refreshing to be able to go watch your videos and it'd be like, well... We got to do it like this because we got to get ranked <laughs> yeah. points, but it's going to be hilarious along the way and we're going to make the most fun out of it. And I think like, I mean, I look at your sub count and I'm like, I think you got, you're, you're got to be up there even higher eventually because you make some of the best content out there for sure. Oh, thank you so much. I really appreciate hearing that. Um, and talking a little bit about ranked points, I guess now that we're on the topic, uh, we, we wanted to have you on because we're, we're both really fans of your video. Um, but we've also you know, asked a lot about the ranked grind. Uh, it's a question we get tons of times from people. Uh, we share our strategies and all kinds of things with the listeners. Uh, but we think it's like, who better to give advice on getting ranked points than a guy, you know, with over 15,000 of them that's constantly been a pred. Um, and so we've put together a decent amount of content about the ranked meta and strategy. Uh, but I think we want to revisit ranked here with you for a little bit. Uh, so for the people that want to make the final pushes for this split and really set themselves up, uh, to hit a new target next season, uh, can find the most success. And so for that, I guess the first question we have is, it's something we're asked all the time, and that's just, 
how to get ranked points queuing solo. Uh, I know you've said in videos in the past that you don't play by yourself in rank that often, but do you still have any recommendations uh, for playing solo at all? Uh, I mean, I hate to say this. Like, I really hate to say this. I'm so sorry. It's not what people want to hear, but seriously, do not queue solo. This is what me and my friends have always said, because I trust me, I get this question all the time, too, in my comments. I, I really am a firm believer that if you use the LFG services, be it mm-hmm. on the Xbox or PlayStation or online, and you consistently actively look for a team and you are nice to those people and, you know, you actually have to make friends. This is something people <laughs> really struggle to grasp the concept for of sure. is you're not looking for teammates. Ideally, you want to make friends that you play with in the long term, right? Yes. And, you know, I didn't know my teammates for half of, you know, half of my playtime on this game. I didn't meet them until midway through season three. And, you know, at the first, at first we just played a few times. It was, you know, here or there, nothing special. But fourth or fifth time we played together, you know, we just really clicked. And now we're really, really good friends. And that is such a key factor to any ranked team is you're not just teammates, you know, we, you're friends. And that is going to help the chemistry of the team so much. And, you know, queuing solo, you're never going to find that because mm-hmm. everyone who queues solo believes they know best. And they're not <laughs> going to get in a party with the other two people in the game. They're just going to run and do what they think's best. And when their teammates die, they don't care. They're not going to get banners. They're not going to sacrifice their RP for you. So it's really... And, and, and you're, you're, you're playing against three stacks of the best players in the game. Yeah, And there's just... You know, unless you get incredibly lucky, like incredibly lucky, the rate for success is so low, you're not going to be gaining enough RP to get anywhere. And unless you're a player kind of like Shiv, who is just up there with the professionals in terms of how good he is at the game, mm-hmm. queuing solo is just, it's not going to be successful for you. And I just have a big, big, uh, sad feeling that I can't give these solo queues a better answer, but just <laughs> stick with the LFGs. Try your best to find a team and make friends. And that's my best advice for that, honestly. Yeah, I I think that's really good advice. And the fact of the matter is, and Shay and I both say and believe this, Apex is a team-based game. Like, you don't have to resist that. Definitely, you know, use the looking for groups, use our community, use other communities to find those friends and teammates. Just like you said, I think that one of Apex's strengths is that team mechanic. Oh, 100%. But bringing us to the next question, um, you kind of spoke a little bit about King's Canyon, but one good question that we have is, does the ranked strategy change between King's Canyon and World's Edge? 100%. We've seen the shift in in Meta uh, mm-hmm. with the two splits 100% so clearly because, of course, we all knew how strong Caustic was on King's Canyon. And that is mostly down to the fact that it's so tightly condensed as a map. You've got those areas with so many buildings in that people can hold up in. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas World's Edge is, of course, more friendly to long-range poke wars. I think in terms of mindset strategy, you know, the, the top teams are always going to be aggressive. Uh, but I'd say more so on World's Edge now than in previous seasons where we've had ranked on World's Edge because we've got that new Revenant meta coming in. And that allows teams on World's Edge to really push themselves uh, to be more aggressive because they've got that free push with the Revenant ult. But certainly on King's Canyon, you know, I'm so thankful we didn't see that on King's Canyon because I can only imagine 
how much worse that would have made the meta on that map if people oh, had caught man. on to the fact that <laughs> Revenant was so strong. But uh, yeah, in terms of just, I think Caustic is a lot weaker on World's Edge. Uh, he's still very useful, and I wouldn't say he's a bad legend to use, uh, but certainly he's not as prominent as he was on King's Canyon just because it's so much more of an open map. Yeah, I like that. I mean, not a lot of people uh, talk about how the legends actually shift uh, from a map-to-map basis, but I mean, we've talked about a little bit on our podcast, but there's little things like, you know, Lifeline, Loba, those characters are a lot more valuable with those charge towers on King's Canyon uh, rather than World's Edge, for sure. Absolutely. And so, you know, looking at, you know, season to season, uh, we have the map and meta changes. What are some good strategies or mindsets just for being successful uh, in ranked that stay the same throughout everything? Oh, we find just being confident in yourself is it sounds cliche right because everyone says oh of course you have to believe in yourself <laughs> it's the truth but it's so true it's so true because you go through uh, a couple of ranked games and you'll go two games instantly die off the drop it puts the whole mood of the group down and this happens <laughs> to even us and you're sat there in the lobby waiting in the queue for 10 minutes and you think we suck or <laughs> what are we doing wrong or my teammates suck right Man. and even if you know that's not the case even if you know that's not the case it still gets you down. Mm-hmm. You you just you've you've got to believe in yourself and be confident. And I think when you're approaching fights, to be concise and aggressive is so so important. Because there have been situations I look back on games, and me and my teammates will stand there and we'll be watching two teams fighting, and mm-hmm. we'll know who those teams are. They'll be top tier pred teams, and we'll hesitate and we'll say, <laughs> "Is this what we want? Is this? Do we want to push this?" If we're concise and confident. We say, we're taking them now. You know, we, we are taking these guys. They are dying now. They're in a weak position. Mm-hmm. But sometimes if you doubt yourself or hesitate, it really works against you. And that can really get into the, the psyche of how you play. So I think just not thinking too deeply about situations, really knowing what you want to do, knowing how you want to play, and then executing that in game with complete confidence is always the one mindset, I would say, to take into ranked. I definitely like hearing that kind of stuff, you know, keeping the vibes high, keeping the communication positive definitely leads to having overall success, at least for our team. And it sounds like your team. Um, Absolutely. Kind of. We've been, you know, watching your videos for a while and you do a lot of cool content. Right now, Shay and I are playing ranked, playing pubs, and we're kind of trying to play outside the current meta and specifically by putting Bloodhound into our lineup. Uh, essentially for tracking down rats and getting intel before the fights and fending off the third party. Um, But we also feel that you have a really good perspective on team composition, and we're wondering what thoughts you have on what are some of the best teams to run. Well, strangely enough, um, one of the funny things that we find with our team is, and this has reigned true every single time we've done it, is Mm -hmm. if we're having a tough night in Ranked, if we change one or two of the legends on our team, it doesn't matter who we change to. We always seem to find success immediately after. I like so that. I would, argue, I would argue that team composition is very important. And I do think there are legends which definitely benefit the meta more than others. But I do think, you know, it does ultimately come down to skill on the game, you know, gun skill, movement, all of that stuff. Uh bloodhound is an interesting one i've seen a lot of people use recently he's really coming into uh the meta 
And I wouldn't say he's a meta character, or they, sorry, they are a meta character, my, my apologies. I wouldn't say Bloodhound is a meta uh, character as such, but it's really interesting to see more people branching out with who they're playing, you know. The other day, uh, accidentally, you know, my friend was checking out Mirage skins in the pre-match lobby, mm-hmm. wasn't, checking his scre- uh, wasn't checking his screen, and then next thing we know, we're diving in to a Pred lobby with a Mirage on our team, and that was the last <laughs> thing we wanted, but we came out on top. So, really, it, as long as you play to the strengths of the legends that you have on your team, I don't think it necessarily matters who you play. Just know exactly where the strengths of those legends are and really try and tap into them as much as you can. And you're going to find success no matter who you play, I think. That is incredibly refreshing, I yeah. think, to hear from a peer in this community. Um, you know, we really feel that this is a wonderful time for Apex where. Just like you're saying, all legends are fun and completely playable. And the fact that you're a you know high level pred and saying the same thing that you know if you're confident and you know the legend, you can play anybody right now. I love that, and I think <laughs> it's just such a great game right now. It really is. We've had uh, you know the Watson meta around for a long time i think uh, you know especially when you're looking at comp- competitive play and then henry and i have at least felt you know when you get into those upper lobbies you start to see a lot more watson control in the area but obviously we got a lot of recent changes to her and you know looking at the changes to her ultimate uh, with you know having adding the timer onto it and then you know making it so like it does expire and she kind of needs the ultimate accelerant a little bit do you think that, you know, the Watson meta is going to be shifted out at all for good? I mean, right now you have Revenant, obviously, uh, but we still see a lot of Watsons uh, in the, at least our lobbies. Well, I don't think Watson is a critical legend to have on the team, personally. I think this is mostly down to the fact that Crypto has really risen to power recently. Mm-hmm. He's being uh, a lot, uh, used a lot, lot more than uh, in recent seasons. And I think uh, his EMP, you know, his EMP is going to take out a fully stacked Watson, yep. uh, Watson up building. So, you know, she has her counter. Uh, whereas before, I think when people weren't using crypto, uh, it was a lot harder to sort of shift these Watson teams out of a position. Uh, I still think they're very useful. I think the pylons, uh, you know, the pylons, uh, the left bumper, I think they're called nodes, the uh, fences. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They really could use... I would say they could use work, but I mean, what do you do to them? I, I'm not. I'm never put off mm-hmm. from pushing an area by a Watson fence, but her ultimate pylon really does make up for that in the sense that you can sit anywhere you want with unlimited shields, and it protects you against one of the most powerful forms of aggression, which is nade spam. Mm-hmm. So really, she has her place. She is very strong, and I think she'll never be uh, completely gone from uh, comp apex really competitive apex uh in ranked you're seeing a lot less watsons now and i think that is just because of the sheer dominance of aggressive uh aggressive players with revenant and crypto i love that i really do think i I really do think she will she will keep her place in uh competitive apex because it's a lot more slower paced Mm -hmm. yeah something henry and i uh talk about a lot is you know the changes to the meta aren't always going to come directly from buffs, but rather it be, you know, nerfs and uh, the changes to the legends around uh, someone. So like rather than, you know, 
uh, like you're saying, especially with this whole crypto being buffed, kind of eliminating the Watson a little bit. And I think that's just a great way for us to see changes to the game rather than, you know, sending someone into the ground, which a lot of people have felt, you know, with like Pathfinder, for example. Absolutely. My boy, rest in peace. Man, I was a main too, so it definitely hurts. It hurts a little (laughs) bit for sure. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, it really does. The next question is kind of just a fun one. And is we kind of thought about it ourselves and we talk a lot about weapons and kind of our favorite weapons. But do you have anything to say for, you know, getting ranked points and how your weapon preference may change in ranked compared to weapons that you think are really good for public games? Well, I think ultimately the the good guns are good across all modes. Mm -hmm. Uh, Obviously, that's fairly obvious to say, but... You know, I'm still going to use the R3 if I find it in a pub, but in ranked, the difference is I'm not going to mess around and have fun. Pubs is for fun. Like, I really don't go in pubs for those high kill games anymore. They might happen, but mm-hmm. I don't go actively seeking out to get 20 bombs, 4Ks, because then it just induces more stress on myself that ranked already brings on to me. So I might pick up an alternator in pubs. I might pick up an Eva in pubs. You know, I practice with the Mastiff in pubs ready for ranked. I don't feel 100% confident with that gun yet. Mm-hmm. But in ranked, I'm not going to be giving those weapons the time if I have the options available to me. You know, I see a lot of people, they run wingman in ranked when they're clearly not comfortable enough to use a wingman in ranked. Mm-hmm. So I say, practice with those guns in pubs. You know, pick up a Mastiff if you're not comfortable. Pick up a wingman. You don't have to run that same 99-301 Prowler Select Fire. We all love the Prowler Select Fire this season. But just you don't have to run that in pubs. You don't, you know, you don't have to run that. In ranked, I feel like it's a necessity. You have these strong guns available to you. You're gonna use every utility there for you to gain that RP. But in in pubs, I really think just have what's have what's fun. You know, play with an Eva double tap mm-hmm. if you feel like it. I love that. I mean you obviously have an awesome perspective on weapons one of my favorite videos was you're breaking down you know the top loadouts essentially uh for the season's ranked meta and you were the first person i've seen to you know publicly say the p2020 with hammer point is completely okay to run in ranked and i think it's kind of part to what you're saying with that you know using pubs to experiment with everything because i think for a lot of people running the p2020 with hammer point and ranked is not something they would be incredibly confident in, but maybe using it in pubs uh, leads to that ranked confidence. Uh, it really is such a strong and overlooked weapon in general, that gun. It's scary. Like, if you're mm-hmm. in that final ring, and, the, you know, you're in the three squads left, there's a final ring. If you get cracked and someone's spamming a P2020 hammer points <laughs> at you, it doesn't matter what gun you've got, you're dead. You know, could, you could have a Devo. It doesn't matter, because three shots and you're down. Yeah. It's brutal. Just kind of a risk to pick it up early. Kind of got to get lucky with the hammer point. <laughs> always, always take that hammer point first. Yeah, yeah. You mentioned it a little bit, uh, talking about kind of the pace of play in competitive when we were talking about Watson. Um, what do you think is the difference between, you know, the highest levels of rank, like the Pred lobbies, and then actual the competitive play, like the global series and such? Well, I mean, really, I wouldn't have had uh, any right to talk about this if you'd asked me a couple of weeks ago, because I've never really experienced that that top-level competitive mm-hmm. play myself. Uh, but fortunately enough for me, there were some really good scrims organized uh, by uh, a Discord server I'm in for Xbox, and I managed to sort of experience as close to 
comp as we can get on Xbox with the really top tier teams. And the difference is that in ranked, there might be two to three, four or five, if you're unlucky, of those top teams in a pred lobby at any given time. However, there are also many plats who get into those lobbies as well, mm-hmm. and diamond players who are trying to climb their way up still, who are maybe not as good as those players. And the key difference is that, because the aggressive uh, top-tier players know that the other teams in the lobby aren't on their level, and they're going to play differently because of that. You know, They're going to be aggressive, whereas in a scrim, for example, you know every single player in that lobby is capable of killing you if you're not on your game. So you really can't compare ranked uh, the pred lobbies in ranked with competitive apex because they're just completely two different two different games entirely you know when everyone in the game is an absolute beast at the game then you have comp but when you have a really good mix of of high tier and and sort of good tier players that's that's when you're looking at ranked in my opinion man that sounds stressful as heck Everyone can kill you, not just, you know, three or four teams in the lobby. Ooh, that's a lot for me. Yeah, we really, Shane, I believe that the ranked matchmaking uh, will be greatly improved by combining the player bases with crossplay this fall. Do you think that crossplay will help the ranked game, or like you were just saying, like, will make the higher levels of ranked more competitive? perhaps, or what effect do you think it'll have? Well, in my opinion, crossplay is a really, really good thing to bring to Apex. Um, if the rumors are true that it's console uh, console crossplay and then with the option of adding PC as well, I think that's what's best for the game because mm-hmm. when you mix in PC and console together, you're getting a mix of cheaters and the different inputs <laughs> cause always cause a lot of arguments as well. So just, I think, keep them separate. Uh, unless you opt in, but for as for the rank game, uh, I think it'll be a really good thing because it, I mean it also depends whether or not they keep the top five hundred for each separate console yeah. or platform. That's something or whether very or not they combine it. That's that's something that we've we've spoken about a lot as a team uh, because obviously that impacts us a lot. But if they do keep it uh, platform based for the top five hundred, which I think they probably will, uh, I think it's really good because you've got. Uh, faster queues, which is something that obviously at the top tier of ranked, that's something you hear all of us uh, talking about. It's just how long the queues are. It really, it really sucks when you're queuing for a game at one a.m. But I mean, just upping the quality of uh, the amount of good players there are in pred lobbies, so that those platinum players don't filter in because they don't, they don't belong there. And I feel sorry for them to get into these lobbies. You know, filter them back out into their own platinum lobbies get pred lobbies so that they are just masters and predators mm-hmm. and diamond players and you've got a really competitive scene and it's going to in um really help you improve as a player as well because as i say you're not going to be fighting these players who really don't belong in your lobbies anymore for sure it's really interesting to see how you know you go from like diamond four and you're playing against you know plat and even some gold people occasionally and then you jump into diamond three and you're like oh the number four predator on xbox just killed me it's a huge yeah, jump, huge jump that's hopefully going to be a race shortly. Um, I think the last question we have for you today, though, is, you know, if you had the ability to make one big change to Apex, uh, what would that be? <laughs> uh, 
Honestly, one big change. That's such an interesting question. Oh, I think That's personally, from a selfish from a from a selfish perspective, uh, this isn't something a lot of people would say, but I would love a replay theater because I love making mm-hmm. montages and cinematics. And from a filmmaker's perspective, to have the ability to go back and go into free cam and take all of these awesome shots would open up so many avenues for awesome content for me to make. And personally, if I could change anything, I'd say, please add a replay theater. I love it. That would be an amazing. Yeah, that'd be an awesome feature for sure. You know, thank you so much for hopping on here and joining us for this interview. Before we have you head out, though, um, can you go ahead and, you know, tell the people what you're up to, you know, plug what you got? Well, uh, my YouTube channel is simply Ashton. That's my main avenue right now. I will be uh, streaming on Twitch very, very soon. Simply underscore Ashton. Uh, I'm just honestly just making content, memes, informative, combined into (laughs) one video. Call it what you want. You know, I talk a lot about Ranked. I'm a top-tier predator currently in the top 50 on Xbox. And really, I just want to have fun being informative for the community whilst also having a laugh at the same time. Mm-hmm. That's what we're here for, right? That's for what sure. I'm here for. That's what my channel's all about. So check me out if you want. For sure. Ashton, you have some of the best content out there. All those links and everything will be in the description below for you guys. Please go check it out. It is just awesome stuff. Some of the best Apex content out there. Thank you so much for hopping on here with us. Thank you so much for having me, guys. That's a great interview. No doubt about it. Like, absolutely awesome to have Ashton on, and we're hoping to have him back on sometime in the future and, you know, get the updates on the ranked from him, because he's probably one of the top preds that we at least uh, have spoken to. Yeah, super fun. A potential correspondent uh, over in the UK, uh, working <laughs> on the pred grind. For Love sure. to have it. Guys, thank you so much for listening. Please subscribe to us on Apple Pods. Give us a follow on Spotify. Leave a five-star review with your questions, and we'll make sure to answer it on our next episode. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Third Party Pod. Sub to our YouTube channel, Third Party Podcast, and stop by for our weekly stream. Check out the Discord. We're putting in a looking for group section in the near future uh, to get you guys partied up and working as a team, as Ashton was talking about earlier. Uh, that's going to be all in the link in the description below. Check out the Patreon, guys. Thank you so much for listening to the Third Party Podcast. Peace. Hey now, another squad coming in. Whole squad down. Hey, brother, not today. Maybe tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs>